Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. It's Steve Gorham. He is the executive director of the Climate Science Coalition of America. SteveGorham.com is the website. Steve, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, I'm great. Good to see you again. No, it's uh, it's my pleasure. There's a bit of a delay there. Uh, it's really good to have you on. The brand new book is called Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure. Um, I want to get right into what we're seeing globally right now. There was some guy yesterday who announced that we had the highest temperature ever in some city in Oklahoma, 126 degrees. That's the hottest it's ever been, something that we really can't quantify. We don't know how hot it's ever been in that part of the world. But uh, the fires in Maui are, are somehow wildfires, according to Joe Biden, and, and caused because of the, the warming climate. We've got to do something about it now. Everything and anything that's happening on Earth is being blamed on so-called climate change. And I, I'm here to say they're just making it up. For power and control. Do you agree with me? I mean, what's really going on here? Well, it is a bunch of nonsense. July was declared the warmest month in 180,000 years. Uh, that is nutty. Um, you can go back. There are uh, literally oceans of evidence saying that it was warmer 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, four and 8,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, we have multi-century long periods when it was warmer than today. Today's temperatures are not especially warm. And for one simple concrete example, there's a glacier in the middle of Switzerland called the Rhone Glacier that the Rhone River flows out of into France and down in the Mediterranean. It goes wall to wall between mountains. It's been receding for more than a century, but every time it pulls back, they find wagon wheels under it. They find horse bridles. They find 4,000-year-old wood, uh, evidence that it was naturally warmer 1,000 years ago when we didn't have SUVs or power plants. So it, it is trumped up by the media. Governor DeSantis says it's uh, politicization of the weather. Uh, uh, Ramaswamy and Trump are calling it climatism, and that's what we have. It's an ideology, and and the facts apparently don't measure, don't matter. You know, I, I love that you just said all of that because one, if you have a brain, one has to assume that if there are bridles and and things that show people and animals lived on that surface underneath the ice, that should tell anybody and everybody that it was much warmer then, then it got colder again, then it got warmer again. Um, Steve, I've often said there were at least two ice ages, maybe more than two ice ages, and the glaciers always melt. And then they come back and then they melt again. And I think the argument that the left is trying to make, the controllers are trying to make, is that we were due for another ice age, but we didn't have it because of SUVs and cows farting. Any truth to that? <laughs> yeah, a geologist will say about four ice ages in the last uh, uh, 400,000 years, something like that. I usually don't try and go back too far, but Earth's climate is driven by cycles. Long-term cycles, uh, tilt of the Earth's axis, our orbit that, that affect the ice ages, uh, Shorter-term cycles, about 1,000, 1,500 years long, that are driven by the sun. Then we have short, very short-term cycles, like uh, the El Nino Southern Oscillation, the Pacific Decadal Oscillations, uh, cycles in the Atlantic, the Indian Ocean. We have temperatures changing all the time. And we've only had one degree Celsius rise on average since 1880. Uh, and that's what all the alarm is about. But if you look at the evidence... Uh, it's overwhelming that that uh, climate is dominated by natural factors, not man-made emissions. If we're telling the truth, Stephen, Steve Gorham, go to uh, Steve G O R E H A M dot com. Get his book called Green Breakdown: The Coming Renewable Energy Failure. If we're telling the truth, we don't really know exacting what the temperature was earlier than the the mid late 1700s, maybe the early 1800s. There's no possible way we know what the temperature of Earth was 180,000 years ago, right? They're just lying. Well, the, the, the first thermometers were about 1880. That's 140 years ago. There are things called proxies. 
uh, which are chemical changes that move along with temperature that go back much, much earlier. Uh, tree rings, uh, the ratio of uh, oxygen isotopes in, uh, in ice, in seashells and other things. And those give a rough estimate, but a lot of those show it was, it was warmer, as I say, a couple thousand years ago. Another example, the, the Mendenhall Glacier near Juneau, uh, a number of scientists went down inside the glacier a few years ago into ice caves, and they found tree stumps under the glacier. Wow. They radiocarbon dated them. They were 1,500 years old. So where today we have a glacier, 1,500 years ago, we had a forest. But there's just mountains of this kind of evidence. Steve, I've got to ask you, is it bad for human beings? Is it bad for your, let's say that it did, it, it did go up one degree Celsius in the past 150, 200 years. Is that bad for us? I mean, my temperature is 98.6. I wouldn't think that well, a little bit warmer is bad for human beings or living life. Well, you're absolutely warm. And I often ask when I present to audiences, which is better, warm or cold temperatures? You know, our uh, flu season is during the winter months in the Northern Hemisphere and during the right. winter months in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, every every country that I've checked with COVID has had more cases of COVID during the cold months and the warm months. And there are dozens of papers that say that we have more people die in every country of the world uh, during cold weather than the summer weather. And then you have to ask, well, why do people retire to uh, Texas and Florida and uh, uh, Arizona? <laughs> Don't they know warm climates are dangerous, as our government tells us? But it really is very foolish. We have a little bit of warming, and literally we will have millions of people less die on the earth. So it's uh, it's just how crazy this whole thing has gotten. Yeah, I covered the news in Michigan for eight years and then in New York for, for three years. And I remember reporting on people dying because their heat didn't work or people dying because they were homeless because of the cold weather. I would think a little bit warmer would be better for mankind. It's Steve Gorham. Go to stevegorham.com. Get his book, Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure. So let's, let's, let's break this down, what we've been faced with since Biden took office. Here's what we have. We have a government that's telling us no more gas stoves, do it through electricity. No more internal combustion engines. Do it through electricity. No more um, coal plants, even if they're clean coal plants. And for some reason, they don't want nuclear either, which is weird. But we're going to have wind turbines and we're going to have solar panels. Steve, is there enough, uh, en- enough energy produced by, by electricity to take the place of everything else we do in our society? And why are they pushing for us to change everything? Well, you're absolutely right. The EPA and the federal government and the Department of Energy are looking to put restrictions on gas stoves. Uh, It's gonna be impossible to produce a line of internal combustion engine cars by 2035 if we continue the same way because of uh, uh, pollution and uh, mileage requirements. Same thing with power plants. Uh, But what we're headed for, uh, by the way, a a FERC commissioner testified two months ago by the name of uh, Mark Christie, and he said, I think we're headed for very dire consequences, potentially catastrophic consequences in the United States in terms of the reliability of our grid. And he went on to say that uh, we are closing coal and natural gas plants too fast and we're gonna have blackouts. And we've already seen the first of these. You had one in Texas in February of 2021. Power was off for four and a half million people for 72 hours and up to 700 people died. We've only had one hurricane in the last 70 years out of 100 that killed more than 700 people. So these blackouts are not minor things. But as we put in more intermittent wind and solar and try and rely on those, we're going to end up with these blackouts. So unfortunately, people are going to have to learn the hard way with this. But this is what Green Breakdown is about. People are going to push back and they're going to say enough of this. I want reliable, low cost energy again, rather than what we're trying to do. 
Executive Director of the Client of the Climate Science Coalition of America, it's Steve Gorham. Go to stevegorham.com, get his book, Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure. I live in Texas. We were out of power for three days. Had to do my 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 talk show from a cell phone. Um, it was rough, and it shouldn't be. We are energy rich in Texas. Is there some something inherently wrong with liquefied natural gas or so-called clean coal? Is there something inherently dangerous? What's, what is their inherent argument about that energy that we could easily go and tap into? Well, it, it, primarily it's become all about carbon dioxide. Now, coal emits other things that are real pollutants, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, but those have been cleaned up since 1880. Uh, our pollutants, according to the EPA, are, are co- down a combined 70% since 1880. Natural gas emits nothing but carbon dioxide and water vapor. Uh, it is very, very clean, but the uh, world has gone crazy over carbon dioxide emissions, which should not be considered a pollutant. And to the extent that we, we eliminate these things, we are going to end up with uh, higher electricity costs, higher energy costs. Uh, we're going to end up with blackouts. We're going to end up with a less freedom because our, our stoves and cars are going to be taken away. And uh, a fourth thing is we're going to have transnational energy shocks. Uh, we've seen that in Europe over the last two years. Natural gas today is twice the price of it was two years ago, and electricity is three to four times the price. Wow. And those are big, big hits on the economy. Well, Steve, i got to tell you, I'm, uh, I'm growing up, I learned something crazy. Carbon dioxide is what the green stuff breathes, and then it, they breathe out oxygen. <laughs> Did that change since I was a kid? I thought carbon dioxide no, was good. That's absolutely the case. Any marijuana grower with his or her salt is pumping <laughs> CO2 into the greenhouse to make up their crop grow bigger and faster. Of the 45 world top food crops that, that do provide 95% of our food, all of them grow bigger and faster with higher levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide. It is literally the best thing we could put in the environment if we want to put any compound in the environment. Yet today we have every university, every company counting the carbon dioxide footprint very, very foolish. Has the central government convinced us or convinced a large enough a number of people in the population that carbon dioxide is the same thing as carbon monoxide? Carbon monoxide can kill you. Carbon dioxide is the life that, that green stuff breathes that then gives us oxygen. Have they been successful in tricking us? Yeah, I'm just about to publish an article about uh, uh, the errors of, of calling carb, carbon dioxide carbon. We have everybody doing it. Uh, they're literally two different substances. Calling carbon dioxide carbon is like calling salt chlorine. Uh, right. And and it's I think it's it's deliberately conveyed to give the image of, of soot or pencil lead when the closest thing to carbon dioxide is oxygen, uh, a very, very clean substance. And in addition, the three substances that are required for for uh, all life on Earth are carbon dioxide, oxygen and water. So we should not be calling it a pollutant. We should not be demonizing it. And we should be reducing real pollution, as you say, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, ozone particulates. We've done a great job of that. We'll continue to do that. But let's get off this uh, carbon dioxide pollution issue. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's Steve Gorham, the executive director of the Climate Science Coalition of America. I want everybody to go and get this book. It's called Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure. Short of getting the book, and I want everybody watching and listening to get the book, 
What can we do when we've got an overlording government that continues to do things like in New York, no new gas lines at all in any new buildings in New York? That's it. We recently heard they want to go after our dryers now. And not only just the the, the stoves that use gas, which are much better, they're much superior stoves over electric, but you can't have those anymore. Now you can't have dryers anymore. Then they're pushing for solar panels that nobody can afford, but there's a little bit of a government kickback that still doesn't cover the cost. What do we do as individual Americans to say, no, we're not going to stand for this anymore and we're not going to listen to your garbage because they're the the overlords they get to make any rule they want yeah they do and and people need to become aware uh that if they don't take an interest in this stuff then they're going to lose as i say they're going to lose their ability to have an internal combustion engine car by 2035 Uh, many states are banning gas stoves these things are going to disappear if we don't have a change uh so they need to they need to go do this they need to be educated and we've got some smart folks like the uh, restaurant association association in california that just won a legal suit against the city of of berkeley california that was banning gas stoves uh we need the citizens to push back and i think that is going to happen as part of this green breakdown that's going to occur before I let you go, I would be remiss to not ask you about Maui. I've got a great station in Honolulu, KHVH, and they listen every day. People still have no idea yeah. what happened there. What, did, did that have anything to do, in your opinion, with climate change? Well, I, to me, we have reports of mismanagement. The water wasn't available. The, the emergency management guy has now resigned because of it. What, what do you know about what happened there? Yeah. And is, is there anything natural that caused that? Well, it's really a tragedy, and it's another case of people now blaming forest fires on the climate. California has been doing that for a number of years. Uh, The fires in Canada, they were blaming as well. But if you look globally, NASA NASA has published data and they they look down with satellites and they track all the burned area. We literally have about 10,000 fires burning every August across the globe. They've tracked the burned area and the NASA data shows that global burned area has declined about 20% over the last 15 years. So we're actually having less forest fires across the world. Nevertheless, we have politicians in, in California and Hawaii blaming a fire on uh, a fraction of a degree Celsius change in the last 20 years or so. It's, it's, it's really remarkable, but, but uh, climatism has been, has become the basis for everything wrong that happens if you're, if you're in the government. You can, you can blame it on climatism uh, rather than solving the problems that, that need to be solved. Yeah, there are studies that prove that many of these fires, if not the majority of these fires, are started by either accident or arson, and it doesn't have anything to do to do with nature. The off chance that a lightning strike starts a fire is very, very rare. But but you're right. Every single time there's a, a, an emergency situation, those who want more power and control always say, well, it's because we haven't changed how you behave. And, and you and I are here to say, well, you more specifically, that our behavior is not causing this. Is there anything that we're doing that's causing this, this incremental increase in temperature or not? No, it really is, isn't. I estimate, and a lot of scientists who have looked at it closely estimate that about 1% or 2% of the greenhouse effect is due to our industry. The other 98 or 99% is due to natural factors. As a matter of fact, carbon dioxide emitted from the oceans Water vapor actually is Earth's dominant greenhouse gas, not methane or carbon dioxide. Wow. So even though we're spending a trillion dollars a year globally on renewables, that all that spending is unlikely to have a measurable effect on global temperatures. The best thing we can do with climate, whether it's warming or cooling, is to adapt. That's the only sensible, rational thing to do. Thinking that you can uh, change light or build wind turbines to save polar bears, stop the oceans from rising, 
that's the closest thing to superstition, the definition of superstition that I can imagine. Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. Uh, great information. Go and get his book. It's called Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure. It's Steve Gorham, G-O-R-E-H-A-M, stevegorham.com. Steve, thanks a million. Come back soon. Yeah. Joe, always at your service. I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Always, always interesting information from Steve Gorham. Go to stevegorham.com. Interesting questions. I mean, really think about this. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on when it comes to climate change or whatever, but do you really think it's better for human beings and for living things for it to be colder than warmer? Even if it, let's say it's warming. It's not. It's very, very slow if it is. Is that really worse? And why have the powers that be made the idea of carbon dioxide and more carbon dioxide somehow bad? You and I grew up taking education in school, most of us public school, where we learned that plants need carbon dioxide, and then they breathe out oxygen for us. Why is more carbon dioxide bad? And they want us to think that carbon dioxide is carbon monoxide, and it's not. Carbon monoxide is poison. Carbon dioxide is just the air that plants breathe. It's all very interesting. And by the way, that we're only, we're only 2% of it, 98% is natural. That's something you're not going to hear anywhere else either. Appreciate Steve coming on. Let's do some pop culture. Up. Dirty pop. Hi, Paula. What's going on? So have you seen this story with, uh, um, oh, my God, I already forgot his name. I have not. Kevin Hart. You know, I, I heard that he said he's old or something. He said that he's old. What happened? Yes. Okay. So for some reason, I don't know why, but he was... Uh, having a conversation with a former NFL running back and I guess one thing led to another and they decided to race each other on the street running not that could have gone well no so the, the first time they ran uh, apparently Kevin Hart kept up with him pretty well but you know the, the running back former running back beat him the second time though Kevin Hart hurt himself running oh, no. and he tore like some ab muscles and now he's like in a wheelchair Dude. Yeah. It's okay to get a little bit older. Kevin Hart, stop it. Yeah. I got to check that out. All right, Polo, I appreciate you. Sam, thank you. Carrie, thank you. I'm Joe. Back on Monday, having a, a remarkable weekend. We'll see you soon. This is the Joe Pegg Show.